Hello and welcome to the Real Exes of Portland podcast, coming to you from Portland, Oregon. I'm Heather. I'm Sophie. And I'm Amy. And we are real women, real friends, with real stories. That are super juicy. And I might add, real boobs. (laughs) And we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at The Real Exes Portland. And we will be hanging out with you guys every Wednesday afternoon. And you know what Wednesday is? Wine Wine Wednesday. Wednesday. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome back. And we are going to continue our to be continued. Here is part two of last week's episode. And when I finally got into my new place, um, the woman who sold it, actually, it had been her refuge after her divorce that gives me goosebumps when she heard who it was going to she was really happy and she actually sent me like a little message through my realtor that she was glad that it was going to us and um they actually let us go in before the deal had closed so I could show the kids because I went and looked at it with my dad I didn't take my kids to look Mm -hmm. at it um, and so I was, I, I called my realtor and I was like, my kids are freaking out. Like they need to know that we're, where we're going, what's going to mm-hmm. happen. Can we just see it for like five minutes? Oh yeah, absolutely. So they let us in and the kids are like, like you could see it was like that weight was like being lifted mm-hmm. off them. Like, okay, I don't have to worry about this. Mm-hmm. I know where we're going and know what's going to happen. And so then it was a lot easier to like pack up all their stuff. Cause yeah, like right. it's not going to storage and you're not yeah. going to see it for a year. It's going to this specific place. It's only yeah. going to be in, in your room. Box. And right. This is yeah. Your room. Yeah. And I let them pick. I said, here, there's two rooms that you can choose from, which yeah. do you want your own? And they wanted to share. And so I was like, okay, which one do you want to share? So, I mean, there's a lot of ways to give them some autonomy and mm-hmm. some choice mm-hmm. without some making control. everything about, yeah. And that was the one thing that I really learned was, kids aren't supposed to make grown-up decisions they're not supposed to be involved in the day-to-day things yeah it's great to be able to say this is where we're moving this is our new house which of these two rooms do you want not I have no idea where we're going to live where do you think we should live that's not exactly an appropriate conversation to have with the kids and I found that that was one place where I really differed from my ex is that he would really, he thought that he needed to open everything up to them. And I was like, no, but I have the same thing. I felt, I felt like I was trying to keep it on certain, certain things on the down low and not involve her to stress her out. But I, her dad would talk to her about everything and I, I did oh, not agree with yeah. it. Yeah. Well, when you get into part three and I get to my new relationship and I, I, give my ex the courtesy of telling him Mm -hmm. that I'm in this new relationship which by the way I kept to myself for a really long time with my new partners okay like we had talked through that and and he knew what was going on and he was right in there with me and understood and we were open about our relationship to other important people in our life just not to my ex and Mm -hmm. so finally I was like okay like it's time I feel confident about this but I still wasn't ready to tell the kids Mm. And that was one thing that I had really learned. Like, I want to spend mm. time with a potential partner yep. by myself yep. before that was I important involve to me too. my yep. kids. Yep. Yeah, yep. because I'm not going to bring someone into their life mm-hmm. that could potentially leave again exactly. really soon. Yep. And so I had this conversation with my ex, and I write about this in the book, 
And he tries to tell me that he was pretty sure that he knew that it was happening, but he was glad that I told him. And also he understood that I wasn't ready to tell the kids yet and that I should just let him know when we were going to tell the kids. And I was like, no, no, it will be me telling the kids when I'm ready and I will let you know when that happens. And that was I did that in an afternoon when I picked the kids up. It was the end of his weekend and I was taking them for my parenting time. And later that night, he tries to like send me these text messages like the kids forgot something at my house and I need to drop it off. And I and I'm like, they're already in bed and I'm helping them get to bed. And if you come over now, this is going to tank all of my efforts. And no, like I have like boundaries. I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. you're not coming in this house. And he keeps pushing and say, if you really feel that strongly about it, you can put it on my doorstep, okay. but I'm not coming down to, I'll, when they are asleep and in bed, I will come down to open the door and get the thing and put it in their bed. But I'm, she's not complaining for it. Yeah. So I'm not worried yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. And he pushed a little bit harder, but then finally agreed. And so I'm sitting in the rocking chair in my kids' room because at that point in time, while I was really tired, my kids had a really hard time falling asleep. So I had to rock in their room at night till they fell asleep for ages. I'm sitting in their rocking chair. They are both asleep. One of them is snoring and I can hear his car pull in the driveway and I'm like, don't move, don't move, don't move, don't move. Hold your boundary. Just sit here. He doesn't know what's happening. And I can hear him get out and I can hear him put the stuff on the, on the doorstep and I can hear him knock and I can hear him wait at the door. And I'm just like, don't move a muscle. (laughs) And then he leaves. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. And I texted my new partner and we were talking about it. And he was like, well, do you do you need a hug? Like that was it was really hard for you. And I was like, yeah, they're asleep. Come come over. I was very clear that he wouldn't come over when the kids were there until they knew about him. But I was like, in this case, like I really need a hug. They are asleep. I'm not worried about them waking up. Yes, please come give me a hug. And he gave me a hug and then he left. So like he was very respectful of my boundaries. Ex-husband, maybe not quite so much. I wake up the next morning. And at like three o'clock in the morning, this huge, long, rambling email had come in from my ex-husband, just basically emotionally unloading on me. And I was like, I'm so glad I didn't answer the door because I would have taken that in real time as a person. And so I'm reading it. I'm like, wow, he's having a really hard time. Okay, so I called him six o'clock in the morning. I'd just gotten up. So I call him and I'm like trying to put on my very best therapist hat, like be disconnected from this. This isn't about you. And, And I'm like. He's like trying to tell me that he's upset that about various things. And I'm like, you heard it from me. That's where you were supposed to hear it from. This is what I'm doing about it. It's not your relationship. You don't get to Mm -hmm. make these kinds of choices. And he was very afraid of lying to the kids. I was like, why? What would you be lying about? Yeah, I'm seeing a friend. That's all that you would need to say and that is not a lie that's age appropriate Mm -hmm. and he just couldn't get around that and he would Mm. pester me for weeks to come about how I need I needed to tell them so that he didn't have to lie to them 
And it's like, what, what part of the conversation like that is going to come up? What's mommy doing? Well, let me tell you what she's doing. Cause I don't mm. want to lie to you. Mm. Like we're, we're right. Yeah. It's like, look, he sent me, my, my ex sent me a text message while I was out. And I talk about this in the book. I was at a soccer game with my new partner. And he had said that one of our daughters had asked him if mommy and daddy would be getting back together again. He said, I cried. And I said, no, but you really need to tell her that you're with someone new because I couldn't tell her that, no, we weren't getting back together because she's with someone new. And I was like, one, I'll tell them when I'm ready to tell them. Two, we're not getting back together because I don't want to be with you, not because I am with, with someone yeah. new. <laughs> That's just a bonus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there are a lot of there's a lot of like co-parenting dynamics that go on in this book. So, if you've been through that and you're just like, okay, I need some validation about what I'm doing, uh, that's this is this is the book for you. Um, I had one person who read it tell me that they thought it should be required reading for anyone who had been divorced or had a bad breakup, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know about that, but cool, thank you, I appreciate that. That's good. I I I would agree that it was help. It would be helpful for someone who's going through something really hard. Um, but in spite of all the things that are happening between me and my ex-husband, because this is ultimately a book about my divorce journey, other good stuff is happening too. Like I'm figuring out how to get my life back together. I'm figuring out how to eat well and take care of my body and rest without feeling bad for it and setting new boundaries for myself with how I'm coping with alcohol and I'm going to acupuncture to try and get my self sort of balanced and I'm getting massages and I'm treating myself really well. And then I get to a point, I would call it kind of the climax where the job that I was at just finally does something that I'm like, this is totally against my core values. Like I can't continue to be here, but that's something I wrestle with through the whole book. Um, having that emotional affair, I call that person him. So the mm-hmm. the whole relationship with him and how that ends and what I do moving forward and why I wouldn't leave that because I thought like, oh my gosh, if I leave this job, I'm never going to see him again. And mm-hmm. would, that, would I be okay with that? And then finally, you know, it all kind of melts down and I go somewhere else and I get to my new job and I'm like, I just like more than doubled my take-home pay overnight. And I think there are a lot of people through the pandemic who changed jobs, who mm-hmm. recognized yep. that there were a lot of opportunities out there. And I was oh, like, yeah. I finally don't have to worry about what's going to happen next. Like I'm finally in a good spot. So I wanted to put out there that, you know, even though in the beginning it's kind of like a dumpster fire, like it ends up okay, guys. I'm okay. Like spoiler alert, you don't have to be worried while you're reading this book because I'm okay. I'm okay. But it's kind of fun to watch someone else figure something out because it's like low stakes. Like I really like watching like Love is Blind yeah. and like mm-hmm. The Ultimatum, like those dating shows mm-hmm. because it's a way for me to recognize a red flag without actually having to go on a date and like have my guard up and be like, okay, I'm invested in this. Is this okay? Do I want to be treated this way? You can kind of get some examples, like some, like 
ooh, would it be okay if someone did that to me? Is that something that I feel strongly about? And you can do it from the comfort of your own couch with your wine in your hand. You don't have to get out of your sweatpants. You don't have to go to the restaurant. You don't have to do that awkward. Is he going to pay? Am I going to pay? I should offer to pay because that's nice, but I don't really know what's happening here. And am I going to find parking? And is it really going to be worth it? And oh my gosh, does my breath smell? Like these are like the things that run through my head. It takes a lot for me just to leave the house every day basically um (laughs) so yeah I like I like doing that it's low stakes so this is the book for you if you're like oh yeah I can I can do something low stakes I can sit and read with my glass of wine or my cup of coffee and see how she put it back together and then maybe you'll be inspired Mm -hmm. so the title of your book I'm kind of guessing why like watch me um so I'm, I'm guessing that it's because you're like, ha, you watch me, I'll do this. Or is that, is that where? So this is fun. I'm glad you asked about this. So I think most people assume that that's what this yeah. watch me energy is. It's like, I'll show you. But actually, I flipped the script. I'm saying that to myself. That's like my internal mm-hmm. mantra of like, okay, I have to figure this out. I'm, it's it's the way that I'm overcoming my fear. Okay, watch me do this. Okay, watch me figure this out. Okay, watch me get this thing that I know now that I really want. Watch me do this. I'm going to do but you're this. you're saying it's this not, to yourself. Yeah, it's not about other people, people at all. It's not about the ego that's driving you because I want to be better than so-and-so or I need my image to be this or I need people to think that I'm good so they'll like me so that I can be pleasing. It's not about that at all. It's about, I was terrified. I was terrified to do anything and look at where I am now. And that's because I kept saying to myself, okay, watch me do this. Okay, watch me do this. So it's just like my own little internal thing. And that's why it's called part dare, part demand. I was just going to say that, yeah. Part dare, yeah, part it's demand. Yeah, like, it's like, can you do it? It's like, yeah. can you do it, Julie? Can you do it? Can you do it? I double dog dare you to do it. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. That I'm going to do it. me goosebumps. Yeah. Because it's all about self-reflection and do, yeah. and being accountable to yourself. That is something that's, huge that hopefully in the years to come we can encourage women not only to feel our experiences there's always accountability like if you get a therapist or a counselor there's accountability in that but it doesn't matter how many therapists you have if you're not willing to have your own accountability with yourself you're Mm -hmm. never going to change we've all seen people do that yep like the people who just never change in our lives it's because they have no self-accountability with themselves. So I think a big part of that is actually the concept of self-trust. So I, it's not really well documented in this book, but during this time, mm-hmm. I worked with like a personal trainer and I, I did a lot of work on like my mindset around food. And I found out that there's this one certain bag of Dorito chips, <laughs> which I loved to buy myself during the pandemic. But it's the kind of thing where... Once I opened it, if I started eating out of the bag, I would eat the whole bag. Like I had no self-control to stop eating. And I have learned that I can trust myself if I pour some into a bowl and I put Mm -hmm. the bag away. I will eat what's in the bowl and then I will be done. Mm -hmm. I do not eat the whole bag. But I had to build the trust within myself to say, if I buy this bag of chips, Mm. I'm going to open it. I'm going to put some in a bowl. I'm going to have one bowl today. I'm going to have one bowl tomorrow. I'm going to have one bowl until the bag is gone. I'm not going to have five bowls today. 
That is not what's going to, this is like real. Like this is how people overeat. This is how people cope. This is how I coped. I had emotional coping mechanisms that were totally revolving around food. And I actually have a moment in here where I get super triggered because I get an email from my lawyer. I didn't even open the email. I just saw it come in. Oh, I know those feelings. Saw who it was from. A lot. Like I'm afraid. I had this sinking feeling in my stomach. Yes. And I went to yes, my coworker yes. Joe and I said, I need to go to lunch. I need a hamburger right now. And he was like, okay, well, but I can't go right now. I can go in an hour. Do you, I, I'll go with you in an hour. And in that hour, I had to sit with being super uncomfortable. Of course, I opened the email. I read the email. The first time I read the email, it feels awful. And then I read the email again five minutes later. And I'm like, oh, that's actually not quite so bad. Like, I have to do that. Like, I get mm-hmm. triggered by something. I have to read it like three or four times and like, ask myself, What's the ask here? What am I being asked to do? What what information am I get? Like I have to like actually like slow down. Yeah. Cause my brain is running away. It's like halfway down the block <sighs> with like the horrible, awful thoughts. And you get to see that in here where I like start spiraling. And then yeah. <laughs> oh hi. God. Yeah. Yeah. Very badly. I do that a lot. Yes. And now I've very, this was yeah. how I built trust within myself. And so then I wait the hour and I get to lunch and I remember this program that I'm in that's like I have like these this calorie window and these things and I'm supposed to be balancing stuff and I'm like okay if I get the hamburger and I take one of the buns off and I don't get the fries but I get a salad like I can still like make that work for my day but I needed that time because if I had gotten the car and gone to the restaurant I would have ordered all the things I would have ruined my day and then I would have felt awful and then it would have just kept going down yeah and how do you come back from that? It's really hard to come back from that. So that whole, I think you guys talked about this on another episode, the pause. Mm-hmm. The pause yeah, yeah. is important. Mm-hmm. But you also have to build it within yourself to take the pause. Yeah, And you do that by building your self-trust. Okay. Because you're not going to get it right every single time. You're not going to yeah. decide yeah. today to do this one thing. Mm-hmm. And then starting tomorrow. And then yeah. do it perfectly every right. Like, that's just not how life works. But, of course, in my mind, I expect that of right. myself. Right. And then when I don't do it, yep. I'm a failure. You, get, you beat yourself up. I have failed epically. Why should I even try? <laughs> yeah. Part dare, part demand. Okay, Julie, you're going <laughs> to come at it again. Like, what can we do a little bit differently today? It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the full-on 100%. It can just be a little tiny step. And that's how I started writing, actually, was taking the little tiny step. I actually had to set the timer for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid that it was going to be, dear diary, today I ate kale chips. (laughs) They were terrible. So... Um, the process of writing the book. So did you journal during this entire entire time or was, was this something that you just sat down, I'm going to write a book or I'm going to write this and you did it? I think there are very few people who sit down and say, I'm going to write a book today and then just write the book today. <laughs> that <wasn't laughs> That's, just like that, just... That's just me. That's just me. So what it was was I was actually working with a coach because mm-hmm. accountability. I was working with a personal development coach and she was actually the one who was like, okay, you, you keep talking about this book. Where's the writing? If you're going to be a writer, you're going to write. Did you do 10 minutes? And I was like, okay. And so I had this weekend. I was by myself. The kids were with their dad. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Like, I keep putting it off. I keep avoiding it. And finally, I, like, took all of, like, I would take these scratch pieces of paper from the printer bin at work 
every time I would go to a therapy appointment and I would basically, it was my early version of journaling. I'd write down all the things I wanted to talk about in the therapy appointment because if I'm going to pay for an hour of therapy, I am going to talk the whole time (laughs) about everything. (laughs) Everything. And so I would. I had all of these Mm -hmm. things and they were hole punched and they were organized by date in a notebook. Like I had it all. And like when I would get a new therapist, I'd be like, let me fill you in on where we're at. This? Yeah. Take this photocopy up for your notes. Most of it is in here now. So if you're going to be my therapist, yeah, this is required it. reading. This is like the prerequisite. Yeah. So I started organizing that. I was like, okay, like what, what, what would my thoughts look like? And so I like was doing all these things, but I never actually put pen to paper. And I went to bed that night and I woke up at like one o'clock in the morning because my spirit guide came to me and she said, She's, I was like, aren't you so proud of me? Like, I'm, I'm going to be a writer. Like, I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And she said, but are you fucking doing it? Literally, that's ringing through my head as I'm bolting awake. It's one something in the morning. And I was like, oh, my God, I got called out in a dream. I didn't actually write anything. So the oh. next day I sat down. My sister had given me a journal uh, during Christmas of 2020. And so is this fresh journal. And of course I'm terrified. Dear diary, I ate kale chips today. (laughs) Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And so I set a timer for 10 minutes and I made myself right. Um, I had actually been journaling through 2020. My neighbor who I talk about in the first part of the book had told me you need to be journaling. And I was like terrified of what would come out. So I, I put it off for the longest time. So on January 1 of 2020, I started journaling. And I, I didn't think about that as being the book. But then mm-hmm. when I realized where I was going with things, and I sort of mapped things out. I realized I needed stuff from 2018 and 2019. I had nothing from there. So that's what I was trying to recall mm-hmm. with my mm-hmm. 10 minutes. And so I just, whatever would come to me. Um, and then eventually when I started writing, I had to kind of build things in that I didn't have. And then I switched over to, okay, I have these things in a journal. And that's exactly where I'm at with the book that I'm writing now is I've gone back to stuff that I didn't have a journal from and I got that that all written in. And I'm like, okay, I just need to get to the part where I have journals because then it goes so much quicker. And then it's just editing. The hard part Mm -hmm. is editing after that, at least for me. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I've never been a journaler or really a diary keeper at all. And, um, I just had a huge awakening last week. I had a therapy appointment online, like video call, you know, and, um, I still am carrying around a humongous boulder of dealing with shit from my ex-husband. Like it's been almost eight years and I'm, I, I'm still like, like, I'm going to try not to cry right now. But she's like, you need to start writing. You have to just, whatever, it doesn't have to be in any format. Just write it. Just yeah, get, get it, it out of yeah. your brain. Just anything, mm-hmm. everything that you think of. Like, if you want to write him a letter, if you want to write it in letter format, you can write it letter format. If you just want to, like, scribble all your thoughts down. But you have got to let this go. I mean, it's been eight years I've been carrying this boulder. Yeah, that's a good that's yeah yeah it, it, it is was, a boulder it's it sitting is. it's been sitting heavy on yeah, you yeah that's what she said and she's like you can't you can't move forward it's yeah. like the boulders over here and you've got this chain and it only goes so far and so you just you never can move forward if you've got this I think there's another component yeah. to that too yeah yeah that where like I was deeply afraid to write anything down because yeah. I was afraid of being super honest and seeing it on the page yeah 
Because I thought it was going to be so bad. It is terrifying. Like, I don't, yeah, but I don't, it's admitting, admission maybe. Yeah. Once I did it and I wrote it down, it didn't feel heavy and overwhelming anymore. So I want to leave that for you. Yeah. I want to yeah. leave that for yeah, you right now good. as that's you're having good. a hard time. Like, mm-hmm. I've been there. I totally understand that. It's heavy and it feels like it might be too much. Because right mm-hmm. now, you know you can carry yeah. what you know yeah. you can carry. Yeah. Even though it's heavy. Yep. But it gets better. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to tell you that it gets, it feels like there's like a little bloop you have to get over. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm miming a, a graph. There's like a little right. bloop you have to get over and it takes yeah. effort. It takes effort to get to that point mm-hmm. and to get to the other side. Mm-hmm. But if you can get yourself and you can say, okay, I'm strong. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get over this little bloop. It, it tapers off. It feels yeah. better. Well, cause what's weird is it's, it's, uh, it's become comfortable in a way to carry this boulder, even yeah. though it's uncomfortable. And then it's uncomfortable to start writing a journal, yeah. but yet the comfort will come. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And the emotions come because mm-hmm. you're, you've hardened yourselves. We all do this for whatever reason. We do harden ourselves to get through like the pain and all through the day, through the day, yeah. all the things. surviving. Mm-hmm. So when you write it all out, um, then you can reread it, you can cry about it, you can get mad at it, you can do all the things and then that happens. And, and then put it, you know, burn it, whatever whatever you want right, to right. do. That's what she said. Mail yeah. it off, burn it, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And just then, let it sit in your diary yeah, where you too. know that you're respected in your own home and no one's ever gonna go in there and see that mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. tuck it away in a corner and that's what I used to be afraid oh. of, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody would find it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to be afraid. And maybe it was more in my 20s and stuff. Hence, I carried mine around with me for months. Yeah. (laughs) It was that I was afraid. I go, what happens if I die? Oh, and someone reads it. it. They're going to find whole bunch of shit. It's too late for me. (laughs) You can, you can. Um, This is not too late for me, too. Because we're recording our life. You've ripped your band-aid off. You've ripped your band-aid off. This this recording is going to pretty much up there forever. I'm like. Okay. Yeah. Well. It was really painful to begin. Yeah. This, yeah. Uh, to start talking on this podcast. And actually, that's what we did. Just one day, we're like, F it. We just need to start talking. Like, mm-hmm. but somehow it flowed. It yeah. just started coming out and it flowed. And, yeah. and, and you even admitted, like, too. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It just flowed. It just starts it just flowed out of me. That, yeah. that even though, you know, you talked about what happened with your divorce and stuff, is that there was more to it. Yeah. You know, and that you were That's pretty just, light on on the details and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff and the feelings you were probably so trying to keep. it's not all out. It's not yeah. all out. I mm-hmm. think that that was a, a good start. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, maybe even listen to it again. Yeah, it's been. A, and see, I was afraid. I didn't listen to it for the longest time. I didn't even want to hear what I said. I was afraid. Well, so, and the other piece yeah. of that is when you're holding all of that in, it actually leaves no room for all the joy of today. So like, so I mean, not that you cannot have joy, but Mm -hmm. you're still carrying all of that and you can feel all of these wonderful things that happen in life when you unload, you know, seasons. Mm -hmm. And so, and like Julie, you talked about, you had a therapist from the get go. I have never until recently, like, I don't know how long has it been? Just a few months this year I started 
therapy. It was really hard for me to get started. Yeah. It was. I cried actually at the fact that I was going to go to therapy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did. I did. And that was Because um, we think prior. we're strong enough. May, or at least I yeah, did. Like I, I had know, st- I like I had stigma. Like, I don't need this. Yeah, this isn't exactly. for me. I mm-hmm. can handle yep. my shit. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Spoiler alert. I could I not. <laughs> I could not. But I wanted yeah. you to think that I could. I wanted everyone to That's, think that I could. Uh, yep. Yep. A hundred percent. And I think the point is, is that we all want people to think something about us that we have our shit together. Good. Quote unquote, quote unquote. But it's not about good or bad. Mm -hmm. It's about honesty. It's about vulnerability. It's about raw. Like I choose where to share my vulnerable moments. Mm-hmm. I not everything made it into this. Okay, mm-hmm. I only get ninety five thousand words. I think is what this finally okay. came down to. My first draft was one hundred and thirty. Mm. So you're welcome. I cut out a lot <laughs> of stuff, but I cut out a lot of stuff. I cut mm-hmm. out stuff that wasn't relevant. I cut out stuff that didn't move the story forward. Mm-hmm. I cut out stuff that made this flow because this is something that's either going to be a guidebook for someone or it's going to be entertainment for someone or it's going to be an escape for someone it's not about my consumption of this my writing of this was very cathartic and Mm. I'm moving into my next book and I'm writing about stuff that happened in 2012 and 2013 and I don't have journals Mm. from then and Mm. I had to have a reckoning with myself that my writing process had to change because I hadn't let go of the stuff that I was carrying. And I actually had to tell my husband, I'm going to have to block out time to do my writing. I mean like a four hour chunk of time because not only do I have to get myself back to the time and place of when these things happen, I have to relive it. Yeah. And I have to oh feel gosh. it. Yeah, more yeah. And then I can write it down. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what happened. And I'm I'm happy to tell you Did that you I'm, oh, so much. Okay, thank you. Because I'm like, just so listening to you. So much. Because like, I feel it so much. And yeah. sometimes I would actually, and I talk about this, like I would have dance parties in oh. my room with my headphones in a darkened room. <laughs> what I didn't realize at the time was what I was doing was this somatic release, this releasing the emotions, moving them through my mm. body. Mm. So I actually would suggest that you try the same thing. Okay. You don't have to write. You can record into a voice memo on your phone. You can do anything mm. where what's inside mm. of you comes Just out. out. <laughs> yeah. And then I would highly recommend that you do something to move your body. Go for a run, go for a walk, dance to music. And I actually like music. I connect to music a lot. There's yeah. a mm-hmm. little known fact is there's a Spotify playlist that goes with oh. this book. Yeah. So each yeah. chapter of the book has a corresponding song. Mm-hmm. And so I actually like music. I connect with it a lot. And mm-hmm. I would pick certain songs that would evoke that emotional response and I would cry mm-hmm. and I would like kind of scream into a pillow. Sometimes I scream silently into my wash rag in the shower because there are other people in the house. Mm-hmm. I find that to be really therapeutic. Mm-hmm. But you, I, I needed to get it out of my body, not just out, not just onto paper, not just into my computer, but out of my body. And then you get to a point in the movement where you're like, I'm done. Sometimes it, for me, it comes really quickly and sometimes it does not. Sometimes it takes a session, two sessions, three (laughs) sessions. Sometimes that stuff is buried really deeply, Mm -hmm. but I noticed I felt lighter and lighter and lighter Mm -hmm. and I could let it go. So yeah, I think 
I would I would recommend that you do that highly but also build in the time and space to make yourself feel safe while you do that because it's a really deeply raw space to be in it's a deeply raw space to be in and that's you can't achieve that if you don't feel safe I think anyone, I think everyone at this table has known a survival state. And I don't think anyone listening hasn't also known a survival state. When you're surviving, you're not safe. But that that word, yeah, my therapist has been trying to tell me that I need to tell myself that I'm safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's the truth. In the middle of my spirals lately, I have been saying, you are safe, you are safe. And actually, sometimes I'll say that to my daughter when she's spiraling. Mm -hmm. You are safe. And I'm holding her. I'm physically holding her. You are safe. Mm -hmm. It is okay. You are safe. And I think we don't give that enough Mm -hmm. attention Mm -mm. that the whole feeling is I don't feel safe right now. And I have to, like, I I need to rewire my brain. Like, my brain is trying to trick my body into thinking something is a threat and it's not necessarily a threat. Right. And that's actually actually a pretty interesting comment because even the way I'm sure, you know, from the baby boomers, it's like brush it off, don't cry. Uh, I'll give you something to cry about. I'll give you something. I know we were talking about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, and I, I, I probably, I know I never really felt safe to show my emotions or what, Mm -hmm. how I really felt. And I wasn't safe. And, um, yeah, that's, it's. I had to learn to be okay with crying. This living this book. Oh, made I, me I'm okay, okay with crying. With I cry <laughs> all the time. Oh no, no, as, no, as no, no. Even in my mm-hmm. own private space, mm-hmm. I was not okay with crying. And actually, there's one acupuncture wow. appointment where I talk about. Um, literally, the whole purpose of the appointment was to let me cry so much so that you know you're like on one of those massage tables with like mm-hmm. the little round head. Yeah. The entire sheet around the head was soaked with my my raccoon mascara eyes, and the because it's open, so the whole bottom area is. I put my foot on it, and it was soaked through. That's how much I cried in this one like thirty minute session. Nothing but tears, and like like sobbing, heaving. That's happened to me with chiropractic, and and as well as um, yeah, and. um, uh, what did you say? Acupuncture. Yeah. Acupuncture. Oh, yeah. I've, I, and Ra- Reiki, the Reiki. Oh, I've love. never tried that. Oh my God. She was touching. I didn't even know why I was crying. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. There are so many cool modalities out there mm-hmm. for moving things through your body. Um, and so actually one of the, I have a set of book club questions that goes along with this. And one of the questions that I posed was, um, that Julie, me, finds a lot of support, but maybe not necessarily the support that she had expected to find. So, like, what sources of support are available to you in your life, and are they things that you maybe would have expected or would not have expected? And I think that's important for you, that you do have a lot of opportunity out there, and you do have a lot of support if you want to be open to... Things maybe not looking exactly like you thought they would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uncomfortable in and of itself. And I'll be the first person to tell you that that's the way that it is. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And there's something, yeah. I mean, there's something to feel ourselves in the sense of getting the help and doing all the things, but we all have children. And so just on this one basis, let alone people in the world, 
when you're not right or you're not honest or you're in a difficult place, other people feel it too. Mm -hmm. Especially the little people in your life who watch every move you make. I'm a completely different parent now than I was before. And I literally am getting a second chance (laughs) at being a completely different parent. And it's wild. Mm-hmm. how much I felt differently and then how many new things there are to be like oh my god am I doing this right to obsess about because sure. I'm not stressed about these other, other things. general things yeah um, parenting is just difficult yeah in and there's, <laughs> it's a wild no, ride. there's no easy parenting ever I thought you know I kind of went went into it being like oh it's a piece of cake. This is my third kid. I'm so different now. I've got this. I've been humbled. Yeah. <laughs> Great. yeah. Greatly. Oh, wow. <laughs> Even with lots of support, I've been oh, humbled. No. Greatly. Wow. Wow. Oh, yes, I'll drink to that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, this is this book was a wild a wild ride to be in a space to write it all down and then like I fully expected when I hit the publish button that I would be next to the computer like breathing into a brown paper bag like am I really going to do this but it actually was like birthing a baby like I had that freak out that you tend to have in the like 35 to 36 range where you're like okay I gotta pack my hospital bag and I need to have my birth plan done and I need to like alert all the people and then by 39 or 40 weeks you're like get this kid out of me I don't (laughs) care what happens I don't need anything at the hospital I just need the doctor and some pain meds that's it it was kind of like that where I was just like okay it's done it's finally done and it was a piece like yeah. This is closed. This is done. I did it. It's here. It's good. And then, of course, you know, as a as an author today who self-publishes, you're now responsible for marketing your book yourself and, like, doing There's, like, this whole other door open. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. Kind of like parenting. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> right. Okay, we're on this wild ride now. But in terms of actually having, having the book baby, it was <laughs> just like having a real baby. It just needs to come out. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter how. It's yeah. going to be messy. Mm-hmm. And nothing <laughs> is way. birthed without pain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. That's, I should write that down. <laughs> I, I don't recall where I, where I found that at, but it's true. Nothing is birthed without pain. So Yeah, I like Very that. True. That's a good mantra. But my yeah. mantra is that I'm going to honor my pain by giving it purpose. So mm-hmm. if I've lived it and it's yeah. been painful, I'm going to honor the tuition that I have paid for this lesson. <laughs> And uh, not gatekeep it from anyone else. So uh-huh. if you want to read about all the things that I did well, and more importantly, all of the things that I did not do well, this is the book for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think I could learn. <laughs> I'm like, the tuition. I, I just, I like I, yeah. Mm-hmm. The I, price I can't, we've paid. I, the price we paid. Yeah. That actually comes from the book Good to Great. And the guy who wrote that, his the author's name escapes me at the moment, but he writes that in terms of being a leader, a good leader will take responsibility for a failure, but will caution everyone around them that the price that we have paid, the tuition that we've paid for this lesson, everyone is responsible for learning the lesson and taking that forward and doing something differently, even though I'll take accountability mm-hmm. for this going wrong. And so I have kind of adopted that as my personal philosophy 
if I paid for it monetarily or otherwise, mm-hmm. I best be getting something out of it. Mm-hmm. I want to yeah. see a return on my investment. And so yeah. that is a very good way to look mm-hmm. at all of this. Oh my gosh. That because the word a- failure sends yeah. me into a tailspin yeah. real freaking no. quickly. So it's a lot easier to reframe it as, oh, I just paid money for a lesson. So yeah. what yeah. was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, you guys. Wow. This this was good. Yes. This was like a big giant therapy session. <laughs> I'm so confused as to what you've been doing on all these other ones. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been a lot uh, of therapy. Aren't they all? You're right. <laughs> but they've been so good. And thank, thank you, you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, really thank exciting you for coming on. This is so fun. Yeah, you yeah. get to kind of see like, yeah, what, what we do. What we're really doing. <laughs> yes. And, and, and there's faces to yeah. you when you talk right which is, I'm always listening on my mm-hmm. ear pod like mm-hmm. while I'm working and doing other low focus tasks right um that's when I have your podcast on and I'm just like I know your voices but I don't know your faces so it's really <laughs> exciting to be here today and get yeah. to see your faces to put along with that yeah Yay. thank you oh my gosh thank you for coming yeah. yes and uh Good luck, and uh, we're looking forward to reading it. Yep, yep. We ha- yeah. I have my copy here. Yeah, best Cheers. of luck. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Cheers. Mm. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. We'll see you. Well, no, you'll hear us next week. All right. Toodles. Bye. Bye. Hi, guys. It's Sophie from The Real Exes. I just. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate you listening to us, and we look forward to hanging out with you next Wednesday. Please join us. And in the meantime, please follow us on Instagram at The Real Exes Portland. Also, we would love to hear from you and hear some of your juicy stories. You can email us your stories at rxop dot your story at gmail.com. Until next week. Bye. Bye.